You know, it's a funny thing because a couple of days ago we were just uh, driving home and then Simon started talking to me about life. And we're just talking about how fragile life can often be. And he's talking about how, you know, how, how life can just, you know, when you're young, life seems to be taking, it seems to be forever, you know. When you're very young, the year seems to be forever. But as you get older and older with age, one of the things that you see is that life is very, very fragile and the years just fly by. You know, uh, when you're young, one year seems like 10 years, right? Seems like forever. I remember back in my younger days, when I was still in high school, like how Simon was, those four years were probably the longest time of my life, you know? But, uh, but as you get older, you know, now that I'm older, and you look back and you see that all those years, man, they just flew by. They just flew by and life is just so short. And then yesterday when I was giving, um, well, I wasn't actually giving Eli a bath. His, his mother was giving him a bath and I was just there watching them. And Eli was just, you know, he was just taking his head and just putting it inside the water and just taking his head and putting it inside the water. And, you know, the, the young guy, he's very random. You know, he's very random. All of a sudden he came up from the water and he just asked, Dad, one day am I going to be as big as Simon? And I said, yeah, those, yes, of course. One day you're probably going to be bigger. And the doctor actually said you're going to be taller than Simon, right? And so I was talking to him about that. And all of a sudden he asked another question. He said, Dad... Am I going to be as old as Grandpa one day? He said, I don't want to be that old. I don't want to be so old like Grandpa. Uh, and then he says, Dad, if I'm going to be as tall as, as Simon, am I going to be as short as Grandpa too? And I said, no. No, you're not going to be short like Grandpa. You're probably going to be tall. Yeah, you're most likely you're going to be taller than Grandpa. But that's what Ash Wednesday really brings us, and it really brings us to that point, just to really remind us about how fragile life can really be. Now, how, how much we depend upon God, how much we need God in our own life, because the years that we live, the years that we live, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, 50, 60, 70 years, how, no matter how long we live, it just flies by, and it just flies by, and the sad thing is that for the majority of us in this room, about 50 years from now, we're not going to be here anymore. Even the little, you know, the, even the youngest child in this room, or the youngest child here at this church, 100 years from now, a hundred years from today, they're not going to be here anymore. And so we see that the only thing, the only thing that will give us hope beyond, beyond this life is if there is a God or not. If there is no God, if there is no God, then there's nothing for us beyond this life. There's no hope for us to ever meet again. There's no hope for us. And so the only hope that we really have beyond this life is in God, whether or not there is a God. And we see in the Isaiah text that Susan was reading, we see that the people, the Israelites, and they were living about 100 years before the destruction of Jerusalem. And the prophet Isaiah was making this prophecy talking about such a destruction. And they realized that they are totally helpless. See, in Isaiah chapter 64, they realized that they were totally helpless in regards to what's going to come before them. There was absolutely nothing that they can really do. Absolutely nothing that they can really do about that. And that the only thing that they can really do is turn themselves back to God. 
turn themselves back to God and plead with God and say, God, it's up to you. It's up to you to really protect us. It's up to you. We can't, we can't control this. We can't control what's going to happen with us. We can't, we can't you know, control what's going to happen in the future. But you can. And so here in Isaiah chapter 64, it is a prayer. It is a prayer that they were, they were pleading. They were pleading with God. And they recall upon all the things that God has done to them, all the experiences that they have had with God. And they, they were recalling upon all of that. And they were acknowledging their sins, and they were saying, God, before you are righteous deed, even the best things that we do, even the very best things that we do in our own lives, the things that we count as righteous in this life, it's absolutely, absolutely nothing before you. It is absolutely nothing before you. All it is, it is just garbage. It is just garbage before you. It is just filthy rags before you. And that word there, the filthy rag, there's just basically talking about something, a rag that's been, that's been filled with blood, that's been filled with so much, so much stain. It's, it's something that's totally, totally just the nastiest thing that you can ever think of. And they were talking about their righteous deeds before God, that God, even the, the greatest thing that we can do as human beings, if we take this, we put it next to you about who you are because you are this holy, holy and great and magnificent God. And there's absolutely nothing that we can even do to save ourselves. There's absolutely nothing that we can do in regards to our own situation. That's how fragile we are. And the only hope that they had, the only hope that they had was to call upon God and to realize one thing that Father, that God, you are the potter and we are simply the clay. And it is going to be up to you to mold us. It's going to be up to you to take control of us and to lead us. And the people of Isaiah's time, they realized one thing, that their salvation, that the, the things that's going to help them, it's not based upon whatever political party they were a part of, it wasn't based upon the material wealth. It wasn't based upon, you know, the, the rituals that they can do religiously. Because they realized that none of this, none of this can help them. That they were absolutely dependent upon God and God alone. A lot of times when we look at our own lives, a lot of times it is like that. When, when we're still strong, when we can, we can still work, when we can still do all these great stuff, sometimes we forget about God. We said, God, I can do it myself. I can do it myself. But every single person comes to a point in time in their own life when they will have to face their own immortality. They will have to face their own immortality. And each and every single one of us one day will be laying in our deathbed, and there's nothing that we can do. And the only thing, the only thing that will be able to give us hope is if whether or not there is this God. That's our only hope as people. Beyond that, there's nothing else that we can do. Even some of the richest people, even some of the most wealthiest people, some of the smartest people in this world, each and every single one of them are going to have to face that one day. No matter how much money you have, no matter how many degrees you may possess, 
no matter how many friends you may have, we're all going to have to face that one day. You know, a lot of times we see all the movie stars on TV. They do all kinds of things. And, you know, a lot of times they, they, they don't even remember about God. They, they go out there and they um, commit all kinds of sins. They go out there and they do all kinds of things and they forget about God. But one thing that I realized about them, that even though they live their life, many of them live their life like that, in the end, they still find themselves facing God. Facing that one question as to whether or not there is this God. Because that's all we are. That's all we really are. And so today, that's what we really need to face. That's what we really need to reflect upon, is our own immortality. Understanding that God, you know, today I might be strong. Today I might be able to depend on my own strength. I might be able to do things myself. But one day I'm going to stand before you. I'm going to stand before you. And I'm going to, my whole life, everything about me, my whole hope, my whole eternity is going to be totally, totally dependent upon who you are, upon whether or not you are there. And that's life. That's what we are. And the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul talks in Romans chapter 5 and into Romans chapter 6, he talks about our relationship in Christ. When we come to Christ, you see in Isaiah, they, they were reflecting upon they're reflecting upon their own situation. Here the Apostle Paul comes in here in Romans chapter 6, and he talks about our relationship. He talks about our hope. He talks about where, how we can overcome all of that. And he presents to us Jesus Christ. He presents to us Jesus Christ, and he pre presents to us our unity in Christ. Our unity in Christ and how we are changed through the power of Jesus Christ in our own lives in our very own lives. And he, says, he said that this, this new life that we have, this new hope, this Jesus Christ who comes into our life, who gives us this hope for a future, who restores us back to this holy God, this Jesus Christ here. When we are in him, do we continue to go on sinning, you see? And why is he saying that? Because he was talking about grace. And us as people, a lot of times our natural response to grace is that, God, you know what, you love me, so I'm going to continue to live without you. Because you have so much grace that I'm going to continue to live without you. And when we live without God, we're sinning. We're sinning. When we live apart from God, we are sinning against him. And so that's why the Apostle Paul says, what then? What then shall we say? Shall we go on and shall we continue to sin so that grace may abound? In other words, he's saying that, you know, God has loved us so much, so does that mean that we can sin as much as we want? Does that mean that we shall continue living our life without God? Then he answers himself. He answers his, his own question. He says, absolutely not. Absolutely not. The grace of God is not a license for us to continue to sin. The grace of God is not a license for us to continue to live our life apart from God. But the grace of God is to bring us towards him. The grace of God is there to transform us, to transform us so we can be closer to God. And he goes on and he talks about death. And the funny thing about the Christian life is that so many times, so many times when we talk about Christianity, when we talk about the Christian life, there's always this calling for us to die. There's always this calling for us to die. And Jesus Christ says in John that unless... A seed falls to the ground and dies. It cannot live. 
And so there's this always, there's always this calling that we must die. A lot of times as Christians, a lot of times because of God's grace, we forget that we must first die in order for us to have a, a new life. And baptism starts talking about baptism and about how through this baptism we have died with Christ. We have died with Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul is arguing for us saying, you know, have you ever seen a dead man who continues to go on sinning? Absolutely not. Because we have already died. We have already died to that life. And we are, when we are raised up, when we are raised up from our baptism, it represents that we have been raised up with Christ into a new life. And the good news of the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is always, always ends with the power to be free. Always ends with that power to be free. And we can start with the idea and the knowledge that we are, you know, we, we live a very fragile life. We, we understand that as people that we fall short of the glory of God. We understand that our sin has separated us from God. But the good news is this, that God, God will provide the way for us. And that is through Jesus Christ. And in Christ, we will be free. We will be free to overcome all these sin. And that's why we sang the song, My Chains Are Gone. The chains representing how sin has held us down. How we had no power to overcome this. We had no power at all. But Jesus Christ, as he came, he sets us free. And he breaks our chains for us. He breaks our chains for us so that we, can, we may no longer live under the power or the bondage of sin. But that we can have a new life. We can have a new life in Jesus Christ. And so today, this, these are the things that I really want us to really reflect upon tonight. is just to reflect upon our own immortality. Understand that there's absolutely nothing that we can do to help ourselves in the end. Maybe today we can. Maybe tomorrow, maybe we can still do the same thing. But there was going to come a point in time in our own lives that we're going to have to depend absolutely on God. So we need to start preparing ourselves today that one day that we will have to come face to face with our own immortality. And let us have that faith in Jesus Christ today, that he is our only hope, that our hope is not in some political group, our hope is not in, in any material wealth, any religious groups or anything of that sort, but our hope, our hope is in Jesus Christ himself. And without God, life, life will be meaningless. Without God, we live for 120 years or whatever. And that's it. That's it. A pastor once preached, and he said that for the one who doesn't believe in God, for the atheist, this is what he says. He says that on the day that he dies, he will say, it's time for me to blow out this candle because I'm going into darkness. But for the Christian, this is what the Christian will say. The Christian say, on the day that he dies, the Christian will say, it is time for blo to blow out this candle because the sunrise, the sun is coming up. Because the sun is about to rise. And so we understand the difference. We understand and we see the difference in our hope when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. That even when we face our own immortality, even when we face the end of the road, that there is the sun that's going to rise for us. And we put our faith in that. And that's what tonight is all about. That's what tonight is all about. Just reflecting upon these things. And as we, as we wait for, as we take this day all the way to Easter, I want us to continue to reflect upon this.